Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning again to those who are here at the Civic Center. It's so good to have you with us, but it is really cool to have our online church family with us this morning. In fact, can I encourage everybody here at the Civic Center to throw your hands together and welcome those who are joining us online today. Come on, let them know how much you love them. Yeah, I believe we have record number of attendance today online today due to the Spring Forward weekend. So I get it. I'm just so thankful for technology that allows us to connect. You are our church family and we love you wherever you are today. Uh, we are continuing our series, A Voice of a Shepherd. And with that, uh, we are a message note-taking church. It simply means we love to take notes here at One Life Church. Where are all my note-takers at? Can I hear a good amen from you in the room today? Note-takers. All right, if you're not a note taker, I get it. I was you at one point, I get it. Uh, I always wanna encourage you, maybe try something you've never done before. Uh, you might receive something from God you've never received before. So note taking can be fun, can be enjoyable. I wanna inspire you on Sundays, I really do, but I really want you to be able to live this thing out Monday through Saturday. And the notes are just another tool I can put in your tool belt of life that you can refer to and turn back to and be able to look at and go, okay, I know pastor said this, I know God's word says this. What was it that God, oh yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what I need for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so you can text OLC Notes. You probably see that on the screen. You can text that to 94000, and it will send a link right to your phone. You can click that link. You can follow along on the notes. You can even fill in the blank. You can save it as a PDF, or you can email it to yourself or a family member or a friend. All right, you guys, I'm very excited to start part two of this message. And we're really, the purpose of this series is to answer one big question, and that is, how do I hear the voice of God? Like, how do I hear the voice of God? Like, I think he's speaking, but I'm not quite sure. Is it the devil on my shoulder? Is it the pizza I ate last night? Come on, Domino's, where you at? Right, the chicken wings. I'm not quite sure, but like, how do I know God is speaking? And if he's speaking, how do I know it's his voice? And uh, what does the Bible have to say about this? And so good news is, everybody, we've got a speaking God. You know, the scripture teaches us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If you look at the third verse of the Bible, it says, and God said. You turn to the last book of the Bible, and it says seven times, those who have ears, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So we have a speaking God, and that's good news. But the challenge is, most of us, if we're honest in this room and online today, the challenge is we don't know how to hear God's voice, or we don't know how to discern, I should say, God's voice. And so thus the reason for a series called Voice of a Shepherd, Learning How to Hear God's Voice. And I had somebody tell me, Pastor, why are we saying a voice of a shepherd? What does it have to do with anything? Well, Jesus liked to speak in metaphors, and oftentimes he referred to himself as a shepherd, and he referred to his followers, which would be Christians in this room or online, as sheep. And we get this from John chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, which is our theme verse. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. Now, this is Jesus talking, and he's saying the gatekeeper opens the gate for Jesus, or the shepherd, and the sheep, that's you and I, we have this unique, innate ability to, I love this, to listen to his voice. So God is speaking, and I love this, but he's not only speaking to everyone, he's actually speaking individually. 
up close and personal. Notice this. He calls his own sheep by name. Isn't that beautiful? By name. And he leads them out by name. So when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him. That's us. Why? Because they know his voice. They know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. They'll never follow competing voices. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. And so again, the reason that we do this series is I believe with all my heart, I just simply want to help us, including myself, learn how to hear the voice of our shepherd. And for some of us, in fact, many of us, it's absolutely critical because if you were truthful, you'd say, hey, there's a lot of life-changing decisions that are on the line right now. Maybe it's a decision in my marriage. Maybe it's a decision to take a job. Maybe it's a decision to move. Maybe it's a decision, whatever that might be, it's very critical and you need to hear God's voice speak to you. And so God is speaking, and I mentioned this last week and it's important to remind us again because the longer I've lived and the more that I've studied the Bible, I've realized that God doesn't have a speaking problem, everyone. We're the ones having a hearing problem. It's not a matter of God. God is always speaking, but we're the ones on the receiving end that are having trouble tuning into the frequency that he's speaking. In fact, Jesus said this in Luke 8, 8, he who has ears, let him do what? Let him hear. God is always speaking, but we're not always hearing. But the truth is, it's not because we don't want to hear. It's just that we've never really been taught how to hear God's voice. And so if God's speaking, good news, God is speaking. And if we have trouble hearing, which honestly most of us do, then it's important from time to time for us to do a series and to learn how to hear God's voice. And so last week, had a lot of fun kind of kicking this message series off, and we talked about preparing our hearts to hear. We talked about four different conditions of the heart that Jesus represented in Scripture. And these conditions of the heart, three of the four were actually conditions that if we look at our heart, we can recognize, oh, because my heart is this way, no wonder I'm having trouble hearing God's voice. We talked about the polluted heart. We talked about a heart that was distracted. We talked about an immature heart. But ultimately, we got to the place where we want to recognize that we want to become good soil to where our hearts are prepared, our good ground to receive what God is speaking. And so to piggyback off of that and to build from that foundation, today what we're going to lean into today is why does God speak? If he's speaking and he is, then why does he speak? And really, I think more than that, we're also going to try to dive into, not give you an exhaustive list, but try to give you an opportunity to see what it might look like when he is speaking in your life. And just a great reminder, it is always the joy of my heart to remind us all that God is not mad at us. God is not trying to distance himself from us in any way to try to strong arm us. In fact, God is up close and personal, and he just wants to be in an intimate, authentic, real relationship with you, not at a distance, but up close. In fact, I love this just to set the stage on that thought. Matthew 1.23 reminds us of how up close and personal our God is. Look at this. It says, the virgin, that's referring to Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son. Now that's Jesus. And they will call him, I love this. They gave him a nickname that's unlike any other name. And that is the name Emmanuel. Come on, everybody say Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which has this unique 
characteristic. It's different than all the other little G gods and all other religions of the world. It, that is this characteristic. Is, it means that God is not distant, but God is up close and God is with us. This is good news. He's up close. He's personal. And this is my prayer for you. In fact, this is our hope as a church for you, is that you walk in this up close, God is with me type of relationship. So we're talking about God speaking. He speaks. So here's the question. Why does he want to speak to me? Like, have you ever thought about it? Like, why would God, the creator of the universe, the heaven and the earth, why would he want to hang out and like speak to me? I think that's a great question. So I'm going to give you basically three reasons. There's a lot more than this, but let me just give you three reasons because we only have about 30 minutes today. Okay. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one reason that God really wants to speak to you is because he wants to facilitate friendship. God wants to facilitate friendship. Now, I love this example. We get this out of Exodus 33:11. Look at this. It says, the Lord would speak to Moses. And then notice the proximity. Notice the God is with me. Up close, he says, face to face. As one speaks to a friend. I think this is an amazing, beautiful descriptor of the character and nature of God. Why does he want to speak? He wants to speak to you today because he wants to facilitate a friendship. Now, when I begin to think about friendships and what facilitates friendships, I, I've asked myself the question, and that is, how do friends speak to each other? Think about it. Not a trick question. If you're thinking about your best friend, whoever that might be, you might begin to describe it like, well, I mean, my friendships that are good or they're kind. They speak to me with kindness. They're thoughtful. You know, they remember my birthday, right? They're generous. Or man, maybe you're thinking about a part of that friendship. What makes it so great is the laughter and just the conversations that you have. And so when you begin to think about what makes a great friendship and in that, it's like, why? Why? Why is that? Well, it's because ultimately, bottom line, is that's what friends do. Right? Friends have a good time. They love each other. They care for each other. They're kind for each other. They're thoughtful. But the key ingredient, like if you were to break it down, like what is the root of every good or great friendship? You ready for it? It's conversation, isn't it? Think about it. Every conversation that you've ever had a friend, for the most part, is going to build you up. It's going to encourage you. It's going to inspire you. And conversations are important in friendships. And I just want you to know that God wants to have a conversation with you. Now, the Bible or religious you know, people, we call it prayer, right? And a lot of times prayer gets a bad rap because we're like, I don't know how to do that. But the reality is you know how to pray because you have conversations every day of your life with every single person that you interact with. You had conversations today when you woke up at the house or on your drive-in, wherever you might be, and you're going to continue to have conversations. So you know how to pray. And so I just want to set the stage and remind all of us that God is not looking for perfection in your prayers. He's not looking for perfection in this facilitated friendship as someone who's got to always have the right words. No, my friends, God is just simply looking for authenticity. God is just looking for you to be real, the real you. And so I struggled with this when I first gave my heart to Christ because I love my pastor and the church that I gave my heart to Christ in. He's a great man. But like every time I would hear him, hear him pray or have a conversation, I was always like, I can't talk like that. Like if that's how you talk to God, like it's thus, thou's, theest, highest, holy, you know, like it was like Sylvester the cat. You remember that? Like, right? All these thou's and this and this, right? I'm like, if that's what prayer looks like, count me out, bro. Cause I don't know how I can't relate to that. Right. 
And I didn't understand this, but God's not looking for you to be a professional wordsmith in your, in your friendship with God. He just wants you to be real. He just wants you to be who you are. So he speaks, number one, he wants to facilitate a friendship. Number two, God also wants to speak to you. Why? Because he wants to give you guidance. He wants to give you guidance. Why? Because he wants to guide you away from every trap that the enemy has set to try to bring destruction into your life. God wants to guide you away from death and he wants to guide you towards life. And here's the good news about our God. God sees the beginning from the end. He sees everything and he sees the in between. And so the good news is God's up in heaven with a different perspective and he's going, hey, hey, I know what's over there. You can't see it. I don't want you going 90 miles an hour around that curve. I need you to slow down because on the other side of that curve is a bridge out. And if you don't slow down, you're gonna go off the cliff and end in some pretty bad situations. So God wants to guide us. He speaks to us to bring us guidance. And so uh, a great illustration of this, I was reminded when my son was two years old, we were living in Dallas-Fort Worth at the time, and we were visiting our in-laws. And God bless the in-laws. I love them. You know, they're amazing. And so they had a carport. You know what a carport is? It's basically a garage without any doors or walls, right? It's just kind of a cover. And their carport was behind their house. And oftentimes, you know, the door would kind of be open and then you could see who's pulling into the driveway. And our two-year-old son at that time always liked to stand at the back of the door and watch and kind of look. And as a car pulled in, especially his Aunt Terry, when Terry would pull in, he was so excited. He wanted to go out and hug Miss Aunt Terry and have a good time. And so one day we're in the house and I'm over here and Linda's here. I'm not paying any attention because most dads don't. I'm just saying. But Linda was paying attention. Terry pulls into the carport and as she's pulling in, Max just jets right through the back door, running out. She can't see Max, but Linda sees this happening. She comes up, picks Max up by the bootstraps and his little legs are kind of doing this in the air. He's looking back at mama like, what are you doing? Like you're trying to keep me from the fun? I want to see Aunt Riri. But what he didn't realize is that mama wasn't trying to keep him from fun. Mama was trying to save his life because Terry didn't see little Max about to run out in front of the car. And so oftentimes we think God is trying to keep us from something when God is simply trying to speak to us to lead us and to guide us toward safety. And so when we understand this kind of perspective, it changes everything. In fact, I love Proverbs 3, 6, and this is really the goal for all of us, and that is we need to learn how to listen for God's voice in everything we do. Not just in everything we do, but in everywhere we go. So before we leave the house, before we take that appointment, before we go here, before we go there, before we respond to that text, we need to learn how to involve God in the process and listen in everything and everywhere. Why? Because God, in his guidance, speaking to us, what does he do? He's the one who keeps us on track. He keeps us on track. So why does he speak to us? Well, ultimately, he wants to facilitate a friendship. He wants to guide us. And here's number three. God speaks to provide perspective. God wants to provide perspective. God wants to help us see beyond our current situation, beyond our current circumstances, and see beyond it. He wants us to gain heaven's perspective. And by the way, he needs us to see beyond the surface and what we're facing. He needs us to see a different perspective because he wants us to know that when all hell breaks loose on Monday, on Tuesday, he needs us to see that it's going to be all right, that greater is he that's within us 
than he that's within the world. He wants to remind us that greater is are those who are with you than those who are against you. You might be surrounded, but beyond the surrounded, you're surrounded by God. You're surrounded by God. It's a beautiful thing that happens when you can begin to see beyond your circumstance and begin to see some things from in God's perspective, from heaven's perspective. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we as Christians, I'm speaking to Christians today. If you're a non-Christian and you don't have faith in Christ, man, we love you. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're watching. You're, you're here. You're welcome, man. But this is not for you, okay? This is just for those who profess faith in, faith in Christ. And it says, for we as Christians, we don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. We have a different kind of perspective, everybody. We walk by heaven's perspective, God's perspective, not by our own physical, natural eyes. So what's God saying? God's saying, hey guys, don't walk by what you see. Don't, don't walk by what you see. Walk by what you hear. Lean in and listen to my voice. Don't trust what you see. Trust what I'm saying despite what you see. There was a, uh, do we have any Wisconsin Badger fans in the house today? Come on, where you at? We got one. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. I, first time ever it's ever happened. I love you, bro. It's amazing. Most people are like, where's Wisconsin? I don't know. Right? Well, there's a story, and it's a true story. The Wisconsin Badgers, who were playing a football team, stadium was full, and the team was losing really bad. And so oftentimes when teams lose, the crowd is just disengaged. In fact, most of them are just kind of quiet, like at a golf tournament, or they've left the stadium. Well, this time the crowd didn't leave. They were still there. But even when the other team was scoring points, it was like the crowd was cheering and like yelling and it confused the coaches. It confused the team. They were like, can the team, I mean, can the fans not see the scoreboard here? Like this is a bad day. Well, it turns out after the game, what they found out was that the fans, although they were watching what was happening on the field, they were actually listening with headphones to the Milwaukee Brewers baseball team down the street. And every time they would crack a bat, you know, and get a run, all the, the stadium would just explode with just this joyous roar and cheering, right? And what's beautiful about this is that they were looking at defeat right there in front of them, but they were listening to victory. You catch one I'm throwing down? They were looking at defeat with their own eyes right before them. There was defeat, but what they were listening to, the frequency they were tuned into, they were listening to victory. And so I'm saying, God is saying, don't trust what you see. Trust what I'm saying, despite what you see. Because we walk by faith. We walk with heaven's perspective in our lives, not by sight. So why does God speak? Well, he speaks to facilitate friendship. He speaks to provide guidance and provide perspective. So then that leads us to the big question is, <laughs> what does that look like? Like, how does that play out in our life? And I want to give you, you know, basically three or four things. And I just want to first start off by saying this is not an exhaustive list. These are just a few ways that God speaks. In fact, the moment you put God in a box and say you only speak these ways is the moment that he's going to go off and get real creative and speak another way. Okay? All right, but the most part, most of you would say, okay, well, he speaks through his word. That's the Bible, yeah. He speaks through prayer, absolutely. He speaks through people. He can speak even through pain and circumstances and when things don't go very well. But the one way that God usually speaks most often, I would say maybe 90% of the time, it's one that we often don't recognize, but it happens every day. We just can't hear it. Look at 1 Kings chapter 19, 11 through 12, and you'll see how he speaks. 
It says, the Lord said to Elijah, he's speaking to Elijah, one of his prophets who were a man that spoke on behalf of God. He said, I want you to go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. In other words, he's setting up this moment. He's saying, Elijah, I really need to bring you back to ground zero and remind you what a relationship with me looks like. So check this out. It says, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But check this out. The Lord, he wasn't in the wind, goes on to say, then a great and powerful, uh, where am I? Yeah, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Huh. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Now time out, earth, wind, and fire right here, y'all. They didn't create it, God did, okay? I'm just saying. But what's amazing about this to me is in all the things we look to as humans and humanity that we would think God would speak through on the mountaintop, man. Oh, the wind, the, the fire, the earthquake, the big, the momentous, like, woo, like that's where God speaks. And he can, and he often might do that. But really where he speaks is right after this. It says, after the fire came. You want to know where I really am? After the fire came, a gentle whisper. Other translations you might read might say, a still, small voice. Have you ever noticed how hard it is to hear a whisper from the back of the room? Like if I'm standing here, and I know i got a microphone, but if I'm like, whisper, I'm talking like this. You're not going to be able to hear it from the back of the room. Why is that? It's because of the distance that's between us. And so think about this. Why would God choose to speak through a whisper? Because he's God with us. He's up close. He's personal. And he wants to have such a close relationship to where you're so close. To where you can hear his voice speak in the quietest whispers. This is the beautiful character and nature of the God and the good father that we serve. So... Today, what I really want to do is I just want to offer up four whispers of God that oftentimes you would hear and that would just confirm God's voice in your life. Four whispers. And by the way, again, this is not an exhaustive list, okay? But these are four things you can lean into and, and try to lean into to try to discern and hear God's voice. And number one, I just want you to know that God always speaks whispers of encouragement. Whispers encouragement. Write that down if you're taking notes. In other words, God's not up in, hell and ye, up, up in heaven yelling and fussing. By the way, those are two hard words to put together, right? Heaven and yelling. Sorry. He's not up in heaven yelling and fussing at you saying, you know, you better get right. Like, are you kidding me? You done messed up again? Oh, come on, man. Get your act together and stiff arm you and go, whatever. No, God's not yelling at you. God's not fussing at you. God's speaking life over you. He is speaking encouragement over you. I love this. Romans 8, 16. The Holy Spirit, time out. Holy Spirit, this word in Greek actually means pneuma. It's, this is where the word comes from, pneuma. The English translators, they did their best to translate a word that was breath, that we would understand. Like this really translates the breath of God speaks to us. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to be weirded out by that. All that means is like the breath of God speaks to us. Where does he speak to us? Deep in our heart. 
And what does he tell us, everybody? Does he tell us that we're bad kids? No. No. He tells us that we're God's children. So he whispers encouragement like, you're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. And you are my family. He whispers life-giving, nourishing words. Look at this. Isaiah 55, 3. Pay attention. Come close. Look at the proximity. Like, come close. Hear the whispers that I want to speak to you. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. And by the way, if you've ever wanted to know why we exist as a church, is we exist to reach and influence people with the love of God and the life-giving and life-nourishing words of God. We call it a life-giving church. We want to present God and his encouragement to you as sons and daughters that you're called to become. In fact, God wants you to know, look at the rest of this, that he's making a lasting covenant commitment with you. It's sure, it's solid, it's full of enduring love. It's a life-giving, life-sustaining relationships. And so, three encouraging words that I believe God might be whispering to somebody today, and that is, you are my child. You are my child. God's simply whispering, listen, no matter what you've done, no matter what you did, like, you're my child. You're my child, and I'm your dad. And so some of you, are, you're kind of getting pushed back, and I feel it right now. You're like, Pastor Rhett, you don't know what I did last night. You don't know what I even thought and the things that have been going on in my mind and things that I've done. And I just want to say this. I have a 14-year-old son, and I'm so thankful for him. But if he ever tried to just, like, run away from me, make a mistake, and try to just escape my love, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to search the ends of the earth for my son. And when I find him, you know what I'm going to say? You're my son. I love you, and I just want to welcome you back home. Why? Why would I do that? Because that is what loving fathers do. I need you to hear this. God might not like what you're doing right now, like he might not be pleased with it, but it doesn't change the fact that you're his child and that he's also whispering, I love you. I love you. God's love is never ending. God's love is never failing. It's a never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I'll always and forever love. It is unconditional. In other words, it means it's not based on how much you give. It's not based on how much you pray. It's not based on how much you come to church and how many good things you can do in this life. No, his love is unconditional. It has no condition. He loves you because he is love and that is what he does as a good father and nothing Nothing will ever stand in the way of that and ever change that. This is the father we serve. So he would whisper, you're my child. He would whisper, I love you, this kind of encouragement. I also believe that God would whisper these four four words. I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you. One, two, three, four, five, six. I can't count. I'm from Alabama. Just blame it on that. (laughs) Some of you are thinking, Pastor Rick, come on, man. How could God be proud of me. It's because God doesn't see you through the lens of what you're doing. He sees you through the lens of who you're becoming. He knows what you did, but he ultimately knows that's not who you are. It's not who you are. So God's just trying to encourage you today. You're my child. I love you. And I'm so proud of you.
So he whispers encouragement, but I like this one too. And this one's helpful. He also whispers warnings. He whispers warnings. So for those who haven't maybe been serving Christ for that long, uh, I want to bring you in on a little bit of street language. Um, Maybe you've heard a Christian in our church refer to something like, I just got this check in my spirit. Have you ever heard that? (laughs) Um, It's like, really? That's weird. I don't have a check on my spirit. Like, what what is that? What is that all about, right? It just means (laughs) something is impressing on my heart that's simply telling me, hey, I might not do that. I might not go there. I might not click that. It's God whispering whispers of warnings to you. Look at Acts 16, 6 through 7. We see a glimpse. I love this. Uh, Nothing is by accident in Scripture. Uh, We see Paul on a missionary journey, and we get these descriptors of kind of what was happening on one of his journeys of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. Look at this. It says, They were forbidden by God. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to do something that looked like a good thing. They were forbidden by God to preach the word in Asia. Now, time out. If I ever felt something in my spirit telling me not to preach the good news of Jesus Christ somewhere, I'd be like, I don't think that's God at first. Am I the only one? Right? Because this appears to be a really good thing. And it was. And it eventually happened. But in this moment, God was whispering warnings into the heart of his team and into Paul. Why? God was protecting them. Because at that time, God knew because he sees the beginning from the end and everything in the middle. From heaven's perspective, he could see that there were men lining up in Asia ready to take Paul and his team out. They were ready to kill him. And so God was protecting him. And all of that to say, if we learn how to listen to God's warnings, oftentimes it can put us in a safe place, in a secure place, in a protected place. It says, after they had come to Messiah, I hope that's how you say it, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit, again, the Spirit whispered warnings and did not permit them to go. So what are some warnings that God might be whispering to us today? He could be whispering warnings like, hey, don't do it. Don't do it. Like, don't make that move. Don't take that job. Don't do that business deal. Um, I know you like that person and that guy a lot. I know you want to date him, but I wouldn't date that, that man because what you don't see, some underlying issues, and those issues are he's going to try to get you to compromise your values. You know, don't click on that. Don't go here. Don't go there. He whispers these kind of warnings to us. Maybe... In a warning, maybe you're hearing the voice, not only say don't do it, but maybe you're hearing the voice of God speak to you by saying, in the secret. End the secret. You know that thing that you do by yourself that you think nobody else knows? God sees it. You know that thing you do when your spouse goes to bed and you're by yourself and you're tired and worn out, maybe a little bit depressed, and that thing that kind of feeds you, that endorphin fix, whatever it might be? Maybe it's that click, maybe it's that sip, maybe it's that shot, maybe it's that pill. It's time to end that secret. It's time to end the secret that maybe when you're driving home from work and you tell your spouse, hey, I'm going to be a little bit late. i got to stop by here or there. And instead, you go to the store that you don't want anybody else to know that you were going to, to do that thing that you don't want anybody else to know about. Maybe the Spirit of the Lord is telling you it's time to end the secret. It's time to step out of the darkness, and it's time to step in to 
the light. It's time to find some freedom in your life from whatever that might be. I'm saying, don't do it. It's time to end the secret. And I can tell you, this is exactly what God's saying. You can't do it by yourself. You need to get help. You need to get help. And by the way, when it comes to getting help, you're not supposed to share it with everybody. But you do need to share it with someone. And let me show you what scripture says about the power of bringing something in the dark into the light. James 5, 16 says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. Now, time out. God is the only one who can forgive us of our sins. He forgives us by what Jesus provided for us on the cross, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Jesus forgives sins. But where we find healing, where we find freedom, where we end the secret and we get help is when we confess our issues to others, to each other, and we pray for each other. Why? So that you may be, read the last word out loud, so that you may be healed, so that you can end the secret, and so that you can ultimately find freedom and get help. And it will never come by yourself. You are not strong enough. You don't have enough willpower enough. You need some life-giving friends. And that's the beauty of the local church, by the way. And by the way, I know that some people that maybe you've opened up to in the past probably didn't hold that and maybe broke some trust. But at some point, you need to find someone who's trustworthy, who can say, you know what? I get it. I've been there. I got your back. I'm not even gonna try to fix it, but I'm just gonna let you know I'm gonna stand with you and we're just gonna journey this thing together. You are not alone. This is the beauty of a life-giving church and a life-giving small groups. And by the way, we have small groups here. They, they happen in semester bases. We're in one right now. Go to our website, olc.church, click on the button that says small groups and get in a group. So we're talking about God's voice, the importance of it in our life. He whispers encouragement. He whispers warnings. Isaiah 30, 21, look at this. This is just a beautiful descriptor of how God works. Whether you turn to the right, whether you turn to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you like this gentle whisper of God. This is the way. This is the way. And walk in it. God whispers encouragement. He whispers warnings. Here's number three. He whispers direction. He whispers direction. And this is important because many of you in this room and maybe joining us online right now, you're looking for direction. You're looking for direction in your home, in your marriage, in your finances. You're looking for direction in maybe what job to take or not take. Maybe you're looking for direction in do I move to this city or do I not move to this city. You're looking for direction in do I take this business deal and enter into this partnership or do I not enter this business deal and into this partnership. Do I begin this second side hustle or not? Like what is it? We need this direction. And so the secret of hearing God's voice and his direction in our life is really simple. But although it's simple, doesn't make it easy. Are you ready for this? It's simply just involving God in the process. He's saying, okay, God, I'm going through this and I need some help. Is this okay with you? So Linda and I, we've been married going on 16 years. And one of the most beautiful things that we've learned in our relationship with each other and with God, and I've been serving the Lord for 28 years, is that we've learned not to make emotional decisions. Now, emotions are important. They have a part to play. But oftentimes our emotions, they, they, they're right to us in the moment, but they're not always right. And so what we've learned to do when it comes to major life-altering big decisions that you're to make or called to make, we've always wanted to let the emotions subside. Because if it's a good decision now, guess what? It'll be a good decision tomorrow. 
and it'll be a good decision the next day. So oftentimes we'll go through seasons of emotions. We'll let those emotions pass. And so some of the greatest practical wisdom I can give to you is ask God, is this okay with you? Let the emotions pass. And then if, if you still feel that after maybe two weeks, three months, whatever it might be, that time frame that you agree with your spouse, then make that move towards that next step. Acts 20, 22. And now compelled by the Spirit. We're back to Paul on his missionary journeys. Check this out. He says, now compelled by the Spirit, I heard the whispers of God give me some direction. So I'm going to Jerusalem. And by the way, I don't have a clue what's going to happen to me there. Like, I don't understand this next step. It doesn't make sense in the natural. It blows my mind. But for some reason, God is speaking. I'm compelled to go to a city called Jerusalem. And I don't even know what's going to happen to me there. This is how God speaks sometimes in his direction and in his whispers. So it might look like this for you. It could be a voice that simply says, slow down. It's time to slow down. It's time to create some healthy boundaries in your marriage, in your home, in your family. It's time to create some healthy boundaries around your finances and your time. It's time to refocus and reset on really what's most important. Others, well, they're important, but what's most important is my family. So maybe God's saying, hey, slow down, slow down. Or maybe God could be telling you the opposite, and that happens too. And that's, you know what? Do it now. Like, why wait? Don't wait till tomorrow. Why wait till tomorrow to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ today? You can experience the hope and the salvation and the love and the freedom that Christ can give you today. Don't wait. So he could be saying, do it now. Do it now. God whispers encouragement. He whispers warnings. He whispers direction. And then ultimately, I love this one. This is one of my favorites. Number four, he whispers dreams. He whispers dreams. God will whisper a dream on the inside of you that you never thought possible. But God's been, if you look back at your life, it's like God has been preparing me season after season. He's been preparing me for this moment to take a step toward the dream and the purpose that God has put in my heart. Listen, when it comes to dreams, I'm not trying to get weird on you. Let me show you scripture. Acts 2, 17. It says, in the last days, by the way, we're living in those days. In the days before Jesus Christ returned, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I love this. This is so encouraging because when I first read this, I was thinking, okay, God pours his spirit and he speaks to only the most holy, most religious Christian on the planet. No, I'm sorry. That's not what scripture says. No, no, no. He says, I pour out my spirit on all people. Thank God for that. So what does it look like? He goes on, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And by the way, don't let that word weird you out. You know what it simply means? It means your sons and daughters will be encouraging. That's what prophecy is. It's encouraging, life-giving words from God. So your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men, they're gonna see visions and your old men, they're gonna dream dreams. And by the way, this is for everybody. God's saying, hey, I'm gonna put something on the inside of you. That in the middle of the madness, in the middle of the mess, you are not going to be a statistic, but you're going to be a part of the solution with how I've designed you, how I've created you, how I've gifted you. You're going to take a step and you're going to change the world with what? With the God-given, God-sized dream in your heart to make a difference one life 
at a time, pun intended. So God might be saying this when it comes to the dreams that he's breathed in your heart and you know who you are this morning. And this is what he's saying. Go all in. Take the step and make a difference with your life. I mean, why just be a part-time Christian? I mean, come on. Why not just go all in and be a full-time Christian and experience the fulfillment that comes from living out your God-given design with your creativity, your thoughts, your ideas, the things that he's put in your heart? Why not enjoy the fulfillment that comes from making a difference and changing the world with a dream that God put in your life? Why not? So, when it comes to hearing the voice of a shepherd, what do we do, Pastor? What do we do? Well, I would encourage you to be like Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 9. That is, speak, Lord. Speak. I'm open to hear. Your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. So before every post, before every appointment, before every decision, what would it look like if you said, Lord, I'm stepping into a situation and I want to be sensitive to what you would want to say. Lord, I'm your servant. I'm listening. And then just be eager to respond. So if you're taking notes, here's the prayer. Write this down and then we'll close. That is, speak to me, Lord. I'm open to hear and I'm eager to respond. So once you write that down, would you bow your head and close your eyes all across the room? Nobody looking around. Lord, that's our prayer today. That speak to us. We're open to hear your voice. And we are eager to respond to the encouragement, to the warnings, to the directions, to the dreams, and to what it is you're putting on our heart today. So Lord, we just... We want our lives to reflect you in every area and we recognize that you're speaking, but oftentimes we have trouble hearing. And so Lord, we want to align our hearts with you and to be good soil for when you speak, we hear. So in order to do that, we make ourselves available. Speak, Lord. I'm open and I'm eager to respond. Now with every eye closed and every head bowed in this room, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity really to make one of the greatest decisions of your entire life. And that's to come into a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. There is no better decision that you could ever make. And oftentimes we can't hear God's voice because of one word, it's sin. What is sin? It just simply means separation. It's the thing that has polluted our heart, distracted our heart, and brought us to a place where we really can't hear and so God made a plan to remove that sin. His name was Jesus. And Jesus came, fully God, fully man, to pay a price that you and I were ultimately meant to pay. And that payment was death, but it took a perfect sacrifice in order to make a payment for sin. And that perfect sacrifice was Jesus. Jesus laid down his life for us while we were still sinners. He died for us. He endured the pain of the cross for the joy that was set before him. And that joy was you in this moment, right here in the Civic Center. His joy is you online. And so Jesus came to bring you into a relationship, into proximity. He is God with us for you to experience his unconditional, never failing, always and forever love. And he's in this moment right now. 
And for some of you, he's calling you back home. You've walked away. And for some of you, he's calling you to make the decision today for the very first time. Now, we're a family. I'm not gonna call you down front. I'm not gonna ask you to stand. I'm not gonna embarrass you in any way, but I would love to pray for you and to lead you in a prayer of beginning a relationship with God. And so families pray together. So I wanna encourage all of us in this room as a family, if we could pray for those who may be saying this prayer for the first time. So if you wanna make a decision to follow Jesus today, begin a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, would you, can I encourage you maybe just say a prayer like this? Just say, God, come on, pray with me. God, thank you for wanting to have a relationship with me. Thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God, that you died on a cross to pay for my sin, to bring me close to God. Thank you. Forgive me. Change me. Come live on the inside of me. I give you my life today. I give you everything because you gave me your life. You gave me your everything. So Lord, I align my heart today to hear your voice speak to me. And I'm open and eager to respond in taking next steps to be closer to you and to make a difference in this world. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Can we celebrate today with those who have said that prayer maybe for the first time? Come on, let them know how much you love them. Come on, encourage them.